Hello and welcome to Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankle. My name is Mike Wells. Philip Ramsey. Hello, guys. What's going on, man? Nothing. What's going on with y'all? Not much. I'm actually uh, getting ready to go on a cruise in two days. So Where are you going? We're going to Cozumel, Mexico. Going on a cruise out of Mobile. You ever been? This will be our third cruise. I've been in the Bahamas, Jamaica. Really? A bit all over. So it's going to be good. Me and the wife get away and uh, have a good time. Enjoy time away with no kids, which will be yeah. nice. Y'all going to hold hands? We may, may hold hands, maybe hug every now and then. Yeah. Look out <laughs> over the balcony. How long have you been married again? <laughs> Uh, I was actually thinking about this the other day. You know, I have to calculate it up and make sure I got it right. Um, it'll be nine years this okay. year. Okay. Well, you're... Yeah. That's good. You're still holding hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing, Phil? I mean, uh, 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 Next question. <laughs> that's, that's good. No, I've been married... Uh, let me just get this straight. 28 years. Now, uh, Jimmy's not with us tonight. No. Big Jim, man. He's out. He's on a cruise. No, where he's on, they he's go? He's at the beach. Okay. Yeah, normally they're on a cruise, but... So he's at the beach as we speak. Good deal. Enjoying that well, family time. That's well, good. that's good. I mean, it's good. I mean, I'm, we're going to go out of town this week as well. Enjoy. Go to Probably going to go to the Ark, I think. I think that's the goal is to try to go to the Ark. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Have you? Yes. I, yeah. I, I went when it first opened up, and, and at the time, they did not have, like, the zoo and everything else finished right. in it. But, man, it was awesome. Just to, just to see it, yep. you know, kind of come to life at the most yep. realistic dimensions that they could come up with based on the scriptures. and To uh, come around the corner in the bus to come around the corner and see the boat get ready. Is it, There's is nothing it, like it. Do you, I mean, so what's your, what's your biggest takeaway? What was the biggest thing you took away from it when you went? I will say this. To really get it, you better enjoy to read. You you need to sure. because yeah. every, every exhibit, every little spot, there was a lot of reading. And if there's a lot of people there, it's a little harder to read. So just be rested. Have your mind rested. And... Uh, be ready to do a lot of reading. Yeah, yeah. We went. We partnered it with the uh, Creation Museum, so we got mm-hmm. you know the tickets for both of them. And each each one, man, you learn some great things. It's yeah. just simple questions like, how in the world they get rid of you know feces, feces and stuff like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> how did they get the ventilation through there? And yeah. just kind of things that they had thought of yeah. um, was was really neat. But yeah, you turn around and you see how massive that ark is, and you think. Mm. What a God that God would use. What a man and, and his his sons in building this thing. I mean, it's amazing. But anyway, we're uh, man, we're excited to be here. Last last time we recorded outside, much quieter inside the shop tonight, uh, and so uh, we were able to uh, we were able to record. If you listened to it last time, the podcast we were uh, in Romans chapter seven. We recorded at the Heritage Day Festival. Uh, what a what a thrill that was! I think we calculated we were. I don't know, somewhere around, we, we may have shared the gospel with over 150 people yeah. or so. I don't know, it was a lot of people we were able to share the gospel with and um, passing out tracks and what a wonderful day it was. I mean, it was hot, but it was it was so good to be able to be out there amongst just people from Covington and Lauderdale County and Fayette County and Shelby County and just loving on them and sharing the word of God. Yeah, and what a great, you know, I'm still learning myself, and every time I encounter somebody, I and I, I deal with something different that they would say back to me. I put it in my my toolbox, yep. you know. Every and so what you do is you talk to people. Your toolbox gets bigger and bigger, and so you know how to answer people when they say this, you know, because you've been there, you've done that, and and you just got to jump in and do it. Mm-hmm. You got to know the gospel. You got to be prepared to to say it clearly, and. Uh, and then you just start. You will start building a toolbox of reactions that you're going to get from uh, from different people. Yeah, and sure. Biggest re- biggest reaction I would say we got as far as is, uh, and I knew it was going to come. Is basically everybody. Everybody's a good person. Mm-hmm. We're good. We default to we are good, and because we are good, then God, if He is good and we are good, He's gonna He's gonna do the right thing and you know, bring us to heaven based on what we do. And of course that's, that's not the gospel at all. That's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, And I know y'all sometimes talk about, you know, me being a pastor going through seminary and stuff like that. But, but it's this right here, sitting with you guys who are, who are older in my life, who have, have wisdom and experience in those areas that I've, I've even taken away and learned a lot just from watching you guys, uh, good, good, and sometimes bad things. <laughs> why, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I have. I've learned a lot, and even you know, being out of the Heritage Festival, watching 
you guys as y'all interact with others. I mean, that's, that's something that you just don't get in seminary. Mm-hmm. You, you can't mm-hmm. get that sitting and just listening to someone teach. When you're on the field with your brothers and you're, you're facing that, that opposition or you're facing uh, a little bit of, of doubt out there and you're having to come up and defend the faith and you're having to come up and, and share the gospel in those situations, it's like coming alive. And so I appreciate you, yeah. man. Appreciate yeah, you, Blake, absolutely. Phil. Well, thank you for joining us yeah. at that day. It was great. Yeah. What a, just great to be a part of that. So what a great opportunity. Hopefully we could do it sometime soon, too, again, yeah. something like that. I mean, we're always sharing our faith, but something on that magnitude. And met a lot of a lot of people and a lot of uh, new relationships were made that day and some connections. of. We had some people in ministry stop by, which was good. But anyway, it was a, it was a great day. And uh, we got, Blake and I got prepared for it the night before. <laughs> I'll just say this quick, quickly, because we got to get we got some good we stuff got, today. Do. I know Blake is he's he's shaking over. He's ready to <laughs> pop that whip, baby, like a dog do a bone, <laughs> man. <laughs> but I was uh, I was at the football game, and I was I'm always at the Charger football game. I'm on the sideline taking pictures. Always I've shared the gospel numerous times on the sideline mm-hmm. already. It was it's awesome. And uh, but one guy was there, and he was he was taking pictures also, and. Uh, as I was talking to him, he worked for a different company. He said, he, you know, he's on his fourth heart attack, his last heart attack. He got to ride the helicopter on his last uh, heart attack two months ago. What a privilege. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, what if you didn't make it, my friend? What if you didn't make it? Do I go to heaven? I said, that's good. I said, Tip, why, why are you going to heaven? Oh, I know I'm going. I, I'm assured I'm going. I said, that's awesome. I said, but tell me why. Well, you're not going to believe this, but you know, I'm a Mormon. I said, really? And so we engaged in conversation. I know some things about the Mormon faith. Blake goes to Idaho and he specializes in the Mormon faith. <laughs> and so I'm down there and about 30 minutes into it. I, t- I knew Blake was up in the, up in the stands and I had a few verses. I just could not remember where they were. And uh, so I text Blake. I says, "You get down here right now." Yeah. And yeah, so like Batman, he turned the light no, on in the sky. I told so you get over I want to have like he's at the concession stand, get some hot dogs. Well, listen, I didn't waited an hour in the concession stand. Okay, by the way, so I was like, I was like man, salvation, <laughs> hot, hot dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> I chose a hot dog. <laughs> no. But anyway, he came on down, and we had a great conversation. And I will say this: after probably thirty minutes of big time conversation he did not reject us mm. he rejected christ yeah and true. and uh, of course he told blake he said it don't matter we're gonna see each other in, in in glory and blake said well i got some news for you we serve two different christ and we won't see each other you know <laughs> that's anyway yeah and that's all you can do yeah yeah, we parted ways. I mean, there was just shook clear, hands. yeah, clear, shook hands. Hey, got to go, leaving, and that's fine. And that's what we did. So we defended, tried to defend the faith the best we could, and and I learned some things through that. And um, you know, it was you know, who knows, who knows yeah. what comes through that. And we're just the Lord; it's on Him now, you know, to be able to work through that. Maybe we'll get another opportunity to be able to share that. And but yeah, what a what a great opportunity. So um, and then just last week or the last time we were able to just to uh, uh, do our radio program and they do it out and open. That was great. And so so here we are today. We find ourselves in Romans chapter seven. So if you have your Bibles, we're in you know, or if you're writing or you're sitting there, we're in Romans chapter seven. We're going to pick up uh, in verse fourteen. I'll probably back up a little bit just just to get us a running start. Probably pick up in thirteen. That kind of how the section lays out and probably run through twenty. And then we're gonna we're gonna try to explain this. This is a this this section here. Uh, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to really exegete it, which we always do. But it's uh, it's kind of if you read it really fast, it doesn't make much sense at all. It, it, it was, uh, and I've read this text many, many, many times. And today, this afternoon, as I was looking over it, I was just over and over. I, I had to dissect each word because yeah. it's just it really blows your mind. Mm-hmm. It really kind of think and. And focus on what he's saying because right. he's back and forth and back and forth yep. and back and forth, you know. So, it's, yeah. but it's really good. It's really good. Well, let's uh, let's just uh, sit for the Lord and let's uh, read His words. So, Romans chapter seven, verse thirteen. Therefore, did that which is good become a cause of death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin, in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandments, sin would become utterly sinful. Verse fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what am I doing? 
I do not understand, for I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing what the law is good. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin dwells in That's tough, by the way. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you. There's so many do's and don'ts. Well, I look to this mic as well when I'm trying to read. So, uh, Verse uh, 20, I'll read it again. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we come to you today, Lord, and just thanking you, giving you all the praise and honor that we can sit before you, sit before your word, Lord, and just to, to, die, to, to dive into it. What a privilege it is to have this beautiful word laid out in front of us, Father, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, I pray that you open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see this word. The Spirit just continue to work upon our lives to be able to exegete it correctly, to be able to understand it correctly, Lord. I just pray uh, that you uh, that you're with us through this uh, through this Bible study, Father, and that we're able to uh, just rightly divide it, Lord, and that we're able to take it into our hearts, Father, and use it daily and to digest it, take it to this world. We love you and praise you. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. So the obvious question is, if you read this, is this a saved person or a lost person? Because it appears, if you just read over it quickly, it's describing someone who's lost. I mean, if you look at what it's saying, that can't be a saved person, or can it? Yeah, that's a good question. And then this is a question that this is where we have to kind of, this is a dividing in the road. If you go mm-hmm. one way, it, if you think of one way, then it has repercussions one way. If you go the other way, then it really, as Christians, it really has some really good stuff for us, you know, that we need, and we need to understand, what I'm saying is we need to understand what Paul's talking about here, who he's talking about here, and in what tense he's talking about here. So what Phil's trying to say, I believe, is, is, is Paul speaking of himself as a believer? And what you're going to see here through these next verses is, is Paul's just going to go off on an eye tangent. Paul's going to talk about himself, basically. And so what he's going to say, he, he uses the word I 24 times. And then he, he uses me, my, and myself in another 13 times. So in all, he uses it 37 times he talks about this. So, so the question is, is, is whom is Paul referring to when he uses the first person I? And that's the question, right? Do, is, he, is he referring to himself as a believer? Or is he referring to himself as a non-believer? Okay, and so is he, is he before he was converted or after he was converted? Is he referring to himself as a mature believer or an immature believer? These are the questions that we must answer, and so where I land on it, and there's there's other theologians out there that land differently, but I think we can back this up of what this is, where he is, is, is I land that this is a, Paul is a mature believer here, mm-hmm. and, and, and the reason that I would say that is, is well, let's just, just look at the verse here, and verse 14 is what we're actually talking about, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh sold into bondage to sin. So that's not a that's not a hard verse really to wrestle with, but it is because that's the dividing line between the verses that we have read previously to these next verses that set up this discourse by Paul, his eye discourse, if you want to, of him talking about the flesh and the the spiritual nature, right? His 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 uh, his sinful nature and in the Holy Spirit and this this uh, new creature, as you will. But uh, I would say that th- this is uh, Paul is identifying himself here, and 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 what he does is is this I am Mike is in present tense. What we read prior to this, the verses in chapter seven, verses through chapter uh, well, chap- verse seven through verses thirteen, really is in aorist tense, speaking of past, speaking of when he was a non-believer, what the law did in his life as a non-believer. But now he's switching gears into the present tense, and he's speaking to it. I believe he's speaking of himself as a believer here, in the battle that wages within Paul. And I think one of the key things that can that will help you is this: for we know that the law is spiritual. But I am of the flesh. Notice he did not say I am in the flesh, right? Yeah. So he's coming from. Yeah, he's not. He's 
he is of the flesh. He is no longer in the flesh. You know, if you go to, was it Romans 8? Let me just look at it. Romans 8. I think it's 8, 6, maybe. Let's see. For the mind, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit of life is peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, here's the key. You are not in the flesh. Mm -hmm. You're in the spirit. So Paul, hey, look, you're going to be flesh until the day you see Christ. The unredeemed part of man is something that you're going to struggle. As a saved person, you're going to struggle with that until the day you see Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's 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 exactly what I think Paul's laying out here is. And, and so basically what he means is, for we know that the law is spiritual. This is a principle, basically, is what he means here. This is just this principle that's, that's to say that the moral law remains useful today for spiritual purposes, basically. We know this is a principle laid in. So he says, look, we know that. It's this common con- common knowledge. It's to be understood in the believers. We, as believers in Rome, is who he's really speaking to there. But we can take it as Christians as well. He says, but, but I am, and speaking of present tense, he says, but I am of flesh sold into the bondage to sin. And so I, I think this, again, this this is the this is where, um, this is how, if we believe this as Paul being the mature believer, then you and I as believers should be able to identify with these next statements that Paul's going to make, and it's going to make sense. Yeah, so saying that he's in the flesh or that he's that he's carnal. Of the flesh. It, it, yeah, oh, I got you. So, he, so he's still Christian, he's still a believer, but yet he's recognizing that God has done this work inside of him, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're about to see in the next few verses. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a hard one to struggle with, though, to say in the flesh, because we've just spent time, even the past few episodes, talking about you know, being a slave to mm-hmm. sin. And, and, you know, mentions here being sold under yeah. sin. And then, you know, now being in Christ. You know, right. we're slave to Christ. So I can see the difference. Well, it, and it really is, is there's a difference there. Is he's, he's of the flesh, mm-hmm. meaning. He has a fleshly nature still to him, right? Sure. He still has the sin nature, but he's not walking in the flesh. I think there's a difference there. Not that's why that I would circle the word of there. In the flesh would mean we use that a lot of times, man. I've been sure. in the flesh today, right? Yeah. Meaning I've been a sinning, you know, I've been sinning. But 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 if we were to if he was of to the use flesh the, is the recognition of a past of a, life. of a, of the well, and it's also recognition of his sin nature in his life as well. Okay. That, that his current sin nature, and I'll show you how I'll, sure. I, we'll sh- see how that works today. But but the reason I want to just a couple of reasons why I wanted to say that, and this bounces off feel is the verb tense, right? The verb tense it changes from aorist tense to present tense here, and and that's you know for most people listening to this day, that's probably not going to make much sense, but it's important because tenses are very big when it comes to reading these these, especially the New Testament written in Greek, right? But but what. Phil just said was, was Paul, we struggle with sin, and what Paul tells us about his present struggle with sin is the very same struggle of sin that you and I deal with each and every day. You say, the question is, is why do I still sin as a Christian? You know, that's the question. And so the struggle with sin does not mean that we're lost, though. It doesn't mean that, right? It, it, rather, it indicates that the struggle is a confirmation that we are saved. If you're struggling, a, a lost person doesn't struggle with sin, by the way. And so that's another reason that we can see that this is Paul in his maturity stage is because a non-believer wouldn't have this same question. He wouldn't, he could not come to this conclusion. A non-believer would not say that he's doing the things that he doesn't want to do. Right. Because a non-believer wants to do those things, actually. And stays in those things, and actually doesn't even know the difference. Really, I talk to a guy quite often, and he shares his struggles with me. You know, and I'm said, you know what? That's good. To struggle is good. That, that is a mark of maturity. You know what your sin is and looks like in front of a holy God. So you struggling with this is a good, good sign. When you don't struggle, then you need to worry. Yeah, and what we see is that it's not that Paul lacks the knowledge of what is good and what he wants to do you know he has the knowledge of that it's the lack of power in paul right he doesn't he doesn't have he mm-hmm. he, he sees that he has a lack of power in that mm-hmm. to be able yeah. to carry out the things that he wants yeah. to do yeah so but I, he, but he, I know what i want to do right. i know what i should be doing right so it's not the knowledge yeah. you know you talk about a guy who struggles if he's struggling that means he knows what is mm-hmm. wrong and what is right mm-hmm. correct yeah. yeah but the unbeliever doesn't ultimately right. it, 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 from a from a spiritual standpoint doesn't he thinks 
he's doing good, right? Yeah, he can, from a moral standpoint, he thinks he does wrong, but he doesn't know he's trampling upon a holy God, like sure. Phil was talking about. He doesn't. He, but but from our standpoint, from believers, is is we understand the holiness of God, and that's what the law does, and and that's what Paul does. Is look, a person, a, a non-believer, doesn't have a love for the Scripture and doesn't hate his personal sin either. And that's what Paul talks about. Paul Paul in these next few verses is, is he's going to, this This is another uh, confirmation of why this, I believe this is him being a mature believer in this is, is that he loves Scripture. You see it in verse, Paul affirms it in verse 16 that the law is good, right? In verse 15, he says, I'm doing the very thing I hate. That's not language of an unbeliever, by the way. In verse uh, 17, 19, he says, I practice the very thing I do not want. And so Paul, his, his, what has happened is his, his heart desires have changed. His affections have changed. And so we're going to see that here And so because it's the result of the new birth. And so Paul then goes on to state in verse 22, is skipping ahead, but he says, For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. That's not uh, that's not what unbelievers speak, right? And so, but then Paul also gives thanks to God for His deliverance in verse twenty-four. Phil just read that. Just to, well, he didn't read it. He um, but but he was going to make alluding to it. But verse twenty-four: Who will set me free from the body of this death? Right? He's giving thanks to God for the deliverance of what he's what's already happened in his life. And so then Paul also has this increasing awareness of sin. Paul, he he he's understanding and seeing. Phil, Mike, as the and we talked about this today. Phil and I on the text message. Actually, we were calling each other. But the more light that comes into your life, the more you understand Scripture, the more that you're set before a holy God, the more light that shines in the darkness. And this comes from maturity as a believer, by the way. The more your sins are exposed. And what I mean by that is, as you say, Ah, Blake, I, I you know, because we have to be very careful. The more if the more those who are more spiritually, uh, uh, I would say inept, but it's not it, more who, who who are grounded in their faith more, and and who have this, you know, are very you know love the Lord, love the Word. They can fall the quickest at times because we can kind of get into a lull. We can kind of we can kind of we you know we we um, um, we take for granted things. And so, but but what the word does is, what the word when it comes and it, when that light hits the darkness, and and as we grow older, guess what? The Holy Spirit's constantly working working into our hearts, and it's opening doors that we didn't even know were there, and right, and it's coming out, and more sins. The, the, the older I get, the more sins should be exposed in my life. The deeper sins should be exposed because I'm more, you know, the light. More light has been shining into my life, and that's that's Paul's personal experience, right? His personal experience with sin, he hates sin, but the the more he close grows closer to the Lord, the more he matures. The more he he the more he actually understands his sin, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. he he would love to be perfect, but he can't. Oh, none of us can be perfect. I know, but it, but they... he wants to obey God, and we all do. The more we want to obey God perfectly, the more wretched we see yeah. that we are. And if anyone was going to be able to do that, it would have been Paul. Yeah. By the way, he thought he had done it. The old man, the old yeah. Paul, thought Saul. he was pretty. Well, this is this is just an example. What First Corinthians was written one of his first books, and he said this. He said, this was written in 55 AD. He says, I'm the least of the apostles. Mm -hmm. Then he goes on to write Ephesians, and here's what he says in Ephesians. This was in 61 AD. He says that I'm the least of all the saints. And and then he writes 1 Timothy, and he says this, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, among, among whom I am foremost of all. He goes from the lesser to the greatest, basically. And he, what he's saying is, is and this is, this is not Paul slipping back into sin or saying, hey, I'm more of a sinner than I was. No, this is him understanding how wretched a sinner he is. The more he grows in Christ, the more he understands how wretched he is. I think that might be one of the most important statements that can you repeat that? The more he grows into Christ. Before you said that, he's oh. not he's not wallowing, you know, in sin, in sin, in sin. But he's got a clear conscience. The scriptures talk so basically. Look, he says it over and over. I have a clear conscience. So it's not that he's he's sinning more, but the more he learns about God, the more the more he sees how much of a sinner he is. That's Siri, by the way. Siri, we're 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 in uh we're in Romans right now. If you got anything you want to say, I do. Oh, you're, this is an Apple device. I'm sorry, we won't be. We're being recorded. I'm sorry, I can't my help Siri you with keep, that. Yeah, my Siri keeps coming on. But anyway, but anyway, yeah. The clo the more you're in the Word, 
you know, the more sinful, the more you see yourself as a wretched sinner. Well, and then, and then when we sin, it, we're, we're convicted by the sin, by the Holy Spirit, who's continuing to form us more and more into the image of Christ through the process of sanctification. We recognize sin, and what do we do? We flee from it. Now, we can never be perfective like you talked about, Phil. Paul can never be perfect. Nobody can be perfect, but we are pursuing this holiness of which even as we draw closer to God, we, we are un, uh, unraveling the sin that seems to be in our life, and we're recognizing that's wrong. That's dis- that's being disobedient to God, and so it seems like we're always got something that's being uncovered. Y'all, educate me. You ready? Okay. Is the inner man perfect? Thank for about before you answer. The new creation, yeah. the inner man, is the inner man perfect? Yes. Yeah. He sure is. Yes. What about the other half of them? No. No. Wretched. The sin nature still resides, and so so the inner man. Paul, guess what? He reckon he recognize his identity is now the new creation. So why am I keep on doing this and, stuff? And and that's and that's the that's the question. Yeah. Why do I keep on doing it? And so what we have here is is we have a spiritual warfare that is being battled mm. daily. Every yeah. morning you wake up, it's a spiritual warfare for purity, for purity. Or to go back to the old way, right? Mm-hmm. It's this. It's constant. There's two. Na- there's well, there's two natures living yeah. in you at this point, and so they're boom, boom, boom. They're hitting their heads each and every day. You wake up, and that's that's and that's what Paul's coming here. This is a mature believer understanding this, right? And so he's wrestling with sin, and he's fighting for purity each and every day. We wake up, we do the same thing. You say, you, you know, there's a lot of people who'll say there's a, there was actually a there was actually a, a denomination that'll tell you, hey, you can be holy. You can be pure. No, no, you really can't. You can't. You, 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 we strive to be holy, right? We strive to be like that. We don't want to sin, but yet we're going to sin because we're sinners, right? And that's what we do. And we're not going to ever stop sinning. Doesn't mean you don't try. Doesn't mean you don't fight the flesh every day. But sometimes you have bad days. Mm-hmm. I and, and and I'm not just saying that because the Bible is clear. The greatest heroes in the Bible, other than Jesus Christ, were sinners. David, the greatest king of all, other than Christ, I mean, the worst sin of all. I mean, he, he committed them all, basically. He, he, he broke the Ten Commandments in one fell swoop. One fell swoop with sleeping with, when he killed uh, Uzziah. Well, in every story of the hero, it always points out their flaws. <laughs> and, and there's so, a reason because of that, yeah. to point to Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham. Right, Moses, Noah, Ananias and Sapphira. We've already talked about Noah. The New Testament churches, right? There were people being dead, just like that, killed because they weren't following what God said. Doesn't mean they weren't Christians. That means they were human, right? And they need a savior. And so that's what Paul is talking about. So he's talking about this this warring of the flesh, right? And so this this the struggle that Paul had with sin as a believer are the very same struggles that you and I face as we walked. In the spirit, and so that's where we come today in this text. And and so what he's saying is, is well, we know that the law is spiritual. So he says, but, but, <laughs> I know it's spiritual, but I'm of the flesh, though. I'm, I'm of the flesh. That's why I'm sinning. That I'm. <laughs> I got this dead come. I don't. Paul doesn't want the flesh, though. Paul wants to be. Paul would love to be like Christ, and that should be our attitude as well. But he's like, I fight with the flesh. I fight with the fallen nature of Adam. Cursed is me, right? So he says, sold into the bondage to sin. The flesh. It was sold into the bondage of sin. Guess what? The flesh has no that. It has no way to be. It's not bought out of the bondage of sin. Our our inner mm-hmm. self is, but the, the flesh is in the bondage of sin. Yeah, and it will be until our glorified bodies. Yeah. Till we go to heaven. So, so verse fifteen. I mean, let's just let's just break the doors down and let's get into it, right? Paul says, "For what am I doing?" He's just so what he's doing is is he's he's explaining this more, right? He's going to the explanation, right? For is a term of explanation for what I'm what I am doing. I do not understand. Now let's stop there for just a second. Me and Phil had this conversation earlier. He, what does he mean? He doesn't understand. What does he mean? Well, under, when I looked that word up, understand, and we, we talk about this word a lot here on Live Song Radio, gnosko. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Sounds good. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's a word. So as I read that, I said, what in the world does gnosko have? 
Where do we get understand from that? So, gnosko means to know. It means to, but in, in this context here, it means to, I think, approve, right? For I do not approve of my actions, for I do not, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. So, and I kind of struggled with that today, and I sent, I just when I, yeah. Hollered at Blake and got his input on that. What is your input on that? Yeah, so notice that this is present tense. Okay, this just goes back to that same thing Paul's talking about right now. He's not talking about before he was a believer. He or mm-hmm. he's talking about this is what I'm struggling with presently. And so the way I understand it is, is is he's perplexed by this because you think about it. You know, we've we've been born again, Mike. We have the new creature, right? We're a new creature in Christ. And I, this this is interesting because if we would have we we had this argument probably when I was gone to uh, when I was gone out west. You know, we had the same argument. You know, it's a perplexing argument. You're like, how can I be born again, new creature, but yet I still sin? I think that's the argument. That's the thing he can't really understand. He finds this perplexing, right? Uh, the the struggle with sin is is what's so baffling to Paul. See, as a mature believer, he he doesn't understand why he's still sinning when he has a new heart that loves God. Why does he still sin when he has a new nature with new affections and the Holy Spirit, right, resides in him? He just can't understand why he still sins, and it's Mm -hmm. perplexing him. And so for those of us who are believers, this, this also should echo of the perplexity we should feel within our own hearts, right? When we end the day in prayer, right, there's sins, Mike, that we must confess that make no sense why we would commit them as believers. You look at that. Look at your life. I mean, I look at my life daily. When I, when I, and I hope you know we need to examine our lives at night. When we, we lay down at our heads at night, we need to examine. It. Man, what did I do today? Man, I, I buy, I buy, I battle pride. <laughs> I battle pride issues every day. Egotistic <laughs> nature, greed. I battle these things. I'm not perfect. And think about this. We there something comes before us. We make a choice. We know it's wrong. We struggle with it. Lord, take it from me. Take it from me. And we struggle with it. And we, it comes up to, to the front of us. What do we do? We choose to do it. We do the act. And we're like, what did I do that for? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Why am I keep on doing that? Yeah. But here's the deal. We can't throw in the towel. Mm-mm. The battle, look, you can't fully, you can't fully be perfect. You can't fully conquer the flesh it's just not going you can't do it you can't obey god perfectly you can't obey his law perfectly that doesn't mean you can't throw in the towel say well i can't do it so therefore hey who can do it i'm a wretched sinner god forgives me and live your life it don't work like that no because you have the power of the holy spirit you you do it one day one decision one step at a time so when that comes before you what do you do you choose you choose to walk in the spirit of God, that's it. You know, or or you don't, and then that's what Paul is dealing with, and 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 he does he does something. He's like, I can't take it anymore. Right, man. I've been there so every day. Actually, you know, I you know things come in front of you, and you like, man. I thought I had that whooped, and I'm still dealing with it. Absolutely, and that's 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 what we deal with, and as and it, but as the more you mature. The, the more you deal with those deeper, darker sins that you're like, man, I thought I had that whooped. And then, mm-hmm. then, then the, the scripture, then what, I mean, how many times have you read scripture and it's like, good gracious, that just knocked me upside the head. And you read it a hundred times and you exegeted again. You're like, never seen that. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're not immune to it, are we, Mike? I mean, it, 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 and Paul's the same way. That's what he's saying is, is, the more I grow in Christ, man, the more I'm, I'm, and I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And so that's, that's what he's saying. So Paul, there's almost, there's almost this contradiction here. That's what he's here in 15. He says, Paul, Paul struggles with this sin as a total contradiction, really, with the new nature that is created in holiness. What does he say? He says, for I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing that I hate. That's the back end of 15. He says, so, so Phil says, you know, we have a choice, right? And you can say, oh, yeah, I just throw in the towel today. No, Paul says, I don't want to do those things. Yeah. It's not that he's throwing in. He's like, mm. I really do not want to sin. And that should that's, be our attitude a, as well. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, that that's a mark of somebody who's saved. You don't, you don't, you want God's law is good. Mm-hmm. You want to obey God. Before, it was burdensome. Now that you've been saved, got in your new creation, 
God's law is good and you want to obey God. Yeah. You know, and then and then when you don't, you struggle with it, mm-hmm. you know, like Paul's doing. Yep, exactly. Yeah, he wants to. It ain't like he don't want to. Right. No. And I would say even, look, in the sins that we struggle with, we don't want to, we don't, we want to have that stuff mastered. We don't want to waller in that. Yeah, well, let me throw a question out there. We're talking about, I, I think this is relevant and see if you guys can come, give me an answer. Are we given an excuse, though, for why we're doing the things we're not doing? That's, I would say, a lot of the times, yes. I yep. think we do that, you know, and that's a sin in itself. Yeah, yeah. Too. <laughs> we look at what, look here, we look what Paul's doing. Hey, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. If he's struggling with it, poor old Phil, he gonna struggle with it too. And God loves Paul, and God loves Phil. And look, we're all sinners, and we're saved by grace. But and we we use that as a crutch to say, well, we know we're going to sin, so therefore. Huh, Let's do it. Yeah, and that's the opposite of what Paul's saying that, here. By that, the way. That's that's that, the that's, that's the point. Yeah. He don't want to do it. No, we're not giving into it. It's right. like you said, we're all sinners, so let's crap. Let's do it. And Paul says, "No, I don't want yeah. to do that's it." That's what's perplexing him. By yeah. the way, yeah. that that's why he can't understand it. You yeah. see, I mean, yeah. if you know, if he if he could understand it, he'd be like, "Ah, yeah, I sin. I'm good. I've got grace. I'm I'm on my side." You know, he's like. I don't understand it. I don't want to do this sin at all. I want to follow the Lord, but it, this thing keeps creeping up in my mind. And, and he's like, I mean, the flesh is powerful, y'all. That's what we wage war with. Yeah. We wage war with three enemies, the world, the devil, and the flesh. And I'm telling you, one of the most powerful one of them is the flesh. Mm-hmm. Because that's something you wage war with every single day. You wage war when the world is shut out and you're in your home. The world is out. The devil, he's not omnipresent. Guess what is omnipresent is with you is your flesh. And we to go on what you were saying, we you know what we do? We we lean on that God is a forgiving God. Mm. And That's he, what we do. And he is. But it's dangerous. But he's a holy God too. I think we need to be where Paul's at. Well it is dangerous and I think that's that's what I love about Paul when he writes is he he's he coming up he's coming up with the questions that that a normal believer may have about himself. Yes. You know, and then he does go on to it, and we'll see that here shortly to address what, why it's, what's inside of you is happening, mm-hmm. why it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, he does that. We're going to see that in Romans chapter eight and nine, just the questions that people have. They've yeah. already been asked. Right. They've all been, so right. go to the scriptures and just see and, yeah. and learn why, why things are happening in your life the way they are. Absolutely. You don't think people were, you know, being saved and yet still sinning and not recognizing, well, why in the world do I keep doing what I'm doing? And Paul says, well, here, let me tell you why. And and that's what we're going to get into. Right. Absolutely. And so so everything, what Paul's saying here is everything in life, in his life is inverted. Paul says that he wants to do, he knows that he's not practicing, and what he's doing is the very thing that he hates. And so what he says when he says not practicing those things that pertain to holiness, that's, that's another reason why Paul is referring to himself as a believer. Unbelievers do not want to pursue holiness. That's not what they want to do. Unbelievers don't want to deny themselves or take up their cross and follow Christ, right? And so he says, practicing those things that pertain to personal holiness, basically, is what he was saying there. Is that, I hope that makes sense. For I'm not practicing those things that make me, that, 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 that I need to, right? Those those. That I need to be reading the scripture. I need to be. Yes, he was doing that, but he wasn't doing it. He's saying, "Man, I, I want to, I wasn't doing it rightly. I need to be doing these things rightly. I, I, I don't want to do those things, or I want to do those things, but, but man, I do the, I do the sins, the things that I absolutely hate." And Paul does. We've been. Paul does a lot of things right too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, so, he's, I think he's, like Mike said, he's speaking, this is this is not only just Paul, but he's speaking for us as believers as yeah. well. This should be our mindset right yeah. here. Go ahead. Yeah. He, he, does, he does a lot of right, but look, he's, he's looking at a holy God, and he's going to fall short every time when he tries to, to meet the, the uh, to meet perfect obedience to God, he's going to fall short. Yeah. But that, but he does a lot of good also. And we, you know, we are to have the mind, like you said, have the mindset of Paul just because we do battle the flesh. When we do, when we give into it, that's, that's called sin, right? But guess what? It's, it's no longer our master. Yeah. We have a new identity. It's called in Christ, a new creation, something that's never, 
never existed before living in us that is actually, and we said it before, that is actually, actually 100% holy and perfect, the new man, right? And so when we, we give in, it's not because we had to. You know, that's not our master. We have a new master. So what, So why do we do that? Why do we do that? That's, that's the, the question. Yeah. question. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 We allow the flesh to overcome. The, we do. We allow, it we to, allow the new, mm-hmm. the old master yep. to come back in mm-hmm. and take reign. You know, I say take reign, but. He can't he, he take reign, but right. he, you allow yeah. him to, to start right. beating that, that door sometimes. Some of that comes he, with that log you were talking about. As mm-hmm. Christian believers, kind of the, the spiritual lull, we're rocked to sleep almost in, in our spirituality. You know, yeah. going to church every single Sunday, going to our Wednesday night mm-hmm. small groups, doing a little bit of study. Even it can get to a point where you may have personal quiet time and devotion, and it becomes that you do it every yep. single morning. And, and so what it does is it, it does kind of take your guard down a little bit. And I can tell you, you know, even thinking military language, like you put your guard down for one second, that's when the enemy's waiting. That's, it. that's what he's waiting on. And you, you don't think that Satan's waiting for that one moment you put the guard down? Absolutely. And that's what he says here in the text. He says, look, verse 21, evil lies close at hand. It is much closer than you think it is. You know, in, in that flesh, he says, so I delight, though, in the law of yep. God in my inner being. Mm-hmm. So there is that that inner uh changed man inside of Paul and beside yep. and inside us as That's believers good. that is right there to remind us but you know there we have the ability That's it's right. in there yeah and we cuz we have the we have the spirit that raised Christ from the dead absolutely With that we have the most powerful thing there is right and so and that's exactly what we're doing Paul's basically saying his desire is for godliness and that his desire should be our desire as well for godliness for holiness that should be our desire but you see what? His practice doesn't always line up with that. And so what Paul's doing is, is he's saying, man, he, he's unveiling he's unveiling the Apostle Paul. And he's saying, this is who I am. I'm not Christ. I'm not perfect. You're not either. And how humble to be transparent. That's, to, that's the key, I think. You know, to be transparent with with his his people, with the believers, with the churches that that, that he's writing to, you know. Paul is such a transparent individual, and he even humble himself. We talked about earlier how he said, "Look, I am the least of these," um, and, and that is what me as a pastor, I try. I mean, I mm-hmm. strive to do that all the time, and and not to be prideful in that humbleness, but to truly show my people, "Look, I am nothing but a man standing before you, mm-hmm. teaching you." Yeah. When we went, when we started going through, we went through a recent series talking about you know family ministries, and I was up front with my people, "Look." I am not claiming to be the perfect husband. I am not claiming to be the perfect father. But as we read through God's word and we see, look, I am a wretched man, mm-hmm. just like anybody in this room. Yep. Phil, Blake, myself, yep. look, we're all wretched men. And yep. Paul recognized that. And I think, you know, it is it gives us hope to understand, yeah. man, I I don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because Christ was perfect right. for me. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't have to be perfect for salvation, right? But but he gives us this new bent, this new affections, this new heart to where we want to be like him. Because look at what Paul says. He says he says, I do the things I hate. He meaning he hates sin. And so the question is, is is we as Christians, do we hate sin? Paul does. Paul's not saying, hey, yeah, I want to go sin because I have grace mm-hmm. abound, mm-hmm. super abounds upon me, right? I have the forgiveness of Christ. No, that's not what he says. He says, I actually want to do holiness, but for some reason, I'm perplexed by it, but this, this dead gum flesh keeps rearing its ugly head, and it, I want to do the things that I hate. That makes no sense. And you think about it. You, you, want, you tell someone, man, yeah, I had to go over here and do that thing. I really hated to do it. Well, then don't do it. He's like, I don't know why I keep doing it, right? It, it, it's strong. Mm. Don't underestimate the power of your flesh. Here's the thing about it. Don't, look here, you can't say the devil made me do it or, or let go and let God. We, don't, we need to stop saying that because you know why? Because when you let go and let God, you get lazy and you get, you get, look here, we don't, we're not, we're not practicing discipline. You need to be on guard 100% of the time because your flesh is always fixing and ready to be at war. If not, look at your life, examine your life. 
We need to examine our life. And here's the thing. This is the biggest thing with, with personal holiness is. Personal holiness starts with ourselves. It starts with the inner man. It starts with, with us looking at ourselves and, 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 um, and examining our lives. Examining our lives, right? What did Isaiah say when he came into the presence of the Lord? He says, woe is me. How unclean lips that I have. You know, this is the sovereign God that he's comes to. That should be our sentiment as well is, is we're unholy, unworthy, wretched people. And that's what Paul says. He says, I'm, I'm wretched. I hate my sin. But then what does that do that shines the light on God? You know, and that's that's the thing is, is it once we... it. Phil's holding up ten minutes, and we. How's this happen? I'm sorry, but uh, man, we're just getting to it. So look here. Let's let's keep going. Let's go verse sixteen. All right. He says, "But if I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good." All right. So now let's let's just look at this. Right. Paul. He's obviously talking about the sin that he does not want to do. That's what he's saying. We know he is a true believer because no so believer rec- wants to recognize sin. Recognize, too, that he's talking about two different laws here. So you have the law of God that he's referenced and then the law of sin. So in this particular verse here in verse 16 is when he says, I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that is the law of sin. If he's doing what he does not want, right, that it, that he's agreeing that it's good, is that right? Well, here's here's what I, he says, but if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law. Here's what the law does. Remember what the law does. What, is, what does the law do to us? We've already talked about this in our last time. Remember, the law stirs it up. It stirs, it brings us, the law is a mirror, right? And so look at the law reveals sin to us. So what I think what he's saying there, Mike, is, is he's saying, but if I do the very thing I do not want to do, he says, I'm agreeing with the law. Yeah, Basically sure. saying the law is good. The law is good, but he's saying, Hey, it reveals to me, right? It's 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 one of the necessary ministries of the law of God is to expose sin in our lives. We talked about this. I mean, we don't even have to go through that. We can just go back and listen to what we talked about last week. But he says, I think that's what he's saying is it's the law that reveals our sin to us. So in verse 17, after Paul says the law is good, right? It reveals our sins. But he says, so now no longer am I the one doing it. But sin which dwells in me. So that's it's, Paul. He, he uses this word so now further. It really and further reinforces what we're talking about earlier. Is is he's speaking in the present tense again, right? Here's just another way to back that up. And so um, it, it, this can, originally this can kind of if you read this and it, it can potentially sound confusing because it, it makes it seem that Paul is not actually doing the sin. It makes it like Paul's trying to put that off. It's like man, I can't help it. You know, he's not doing that. So it's like mm-hmm. Paul's passing off the personal responsibility. But that's not the way you know personal responsibility to obey god is basically what he's what we could say that is he's saying man no i'm passing the buck on but he's not doing that he, he he's not that's a hellenistic worldview by the way that's gnosticism we're not doing that he, he basically what he's doing is he simply recognizes here in this scripture that he's become a new man in christ and that there is a new nature with him in him and the new man is paul's true identity now is what he's saying this is his true identity so now no longer am I the one doing it. But then, so he says, my new nature, it's incapable of sinning. Phil's already talked about this. We talked about the, the new nature is incapable because it's perfect. It's the spirit, right? But when he, so when we go to heaven one day, all will be is the new nature. Right. We won't be of the flesh. And so, but, but the source of his sin is not the new man that he's become. It's the old fallen flesh that is the source of the sin hmm. is what he's saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did, does that make sense? Sure. If it hey, if it wasn't for the flesh, we would be ready for heaven. We're yeah. we're perfect. Yeah. But we have these 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 earthly, mortal, decaying bodies that yeah. cannot go to heaven. Yeah. They're corrupt. They gotta die. Well and he yeah, he says sin dwells within me. It's an indwelling sin here. It's yeah, he it's here. He's not making the excuse. He's saying I am yeah. I am what I am. I recognize yeah. what's in me, but I also recognize there's something else in me of which I am a slave to, and that is Jesus Christ. And he says there at the end, I know I'm wretched. I know I'm a wretched man. Who's going to deliver me? Well, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. So there's his recognition of the inner his inner being. Yeah, he, and here's the thing. His inner being is our is the same inner being that we have as well. We deal with the flesh. We're going to stop right there today, but, I mean, that just kind of goes to show us that, I mean, well, look here. We battle. We battle daily. When you wake up in the morning, guess what? 
It's a battle. Ephesians talks about putting on the whole armor of God, right? We're going to battle. We're going to battle principalities of the air. We're also going to battle our own stinking self each and every day. Every day we wake up recognizing that too. Yeah. And that's his reminder is, look, there is that law, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That war that's waging on between the two. Yeah. Recognize it yeah. and understand and be encouraged by the fact that, listen, Christ is in you. That's it. That's, and that's great, man. The one that raised the spirit from the dead. I mean, Christ from the dead lives within you, dwells within you. You have the power to overcome the flesh. It's there. Before you were become converted, you didn't. Right? Well, you didn't want to be, but now you have this power to become over the flesh, overcome sin. We can do that, right? We come each day recognizing that we're sinners. We're growing closer to Him, growing holiness. How do we do that, Phil? We stay in the Word. Mm-hmm. The Word reveals Him. You know why we sin? Because we're not like God. And, and the reason why we sin these things is why we do these things and the way we cho- why we choose the wrong way is because we're not like God. But how do, we, how do we know who God is? How do we know more like God is? Is How we know the will is is by staying in His Word. We need to constantly be in His Word. If, we, if, we're, if we're struggling with sins in our lives, the Bible, the Bible really has some answers for it. It really does. We need to focus upon Christ. We need to go to Him at, yeah, throughout the day. As sin was revealed in your life, I, I pray daily that the Lord will convict, convict me, but reveal sin that I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. And then let me confess it. And let's yeah. confess that. But that's the honesty that we need to have. Because why? Because Paul has the same honesty. If we say, hey, we're without sin, whoa, man, that, that's, that's not good. No, we deal with sin each and every day. And, and we need to confess that to the Lord. And then we, when, we, when we do, when he reveals it to us, guess what? We're going to work on that. Man, and then we crucify that sin. We walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And now let's walk to him. Let's serve him. Let's, let's live a godly life. And that's what we should do, and 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 I mean, I, if if you're not in Christ, then sin—that's all you are—is the flesh, and sin sin dwells in you as well. But the problem is, is you don't have the Spirit in you, and you don't have the power to overcome you. And He says, "Man, trust in Me. You know, repent of those sins. Understand your sins. Understand. Know that you're a sinner. Know that you need a Savior." Trust in me to take away those sins. And he says, I'll come and I'll dwell within you. And you'll have the power to overcome those sins on a daily basis. And ultimately, when you stand before him, guess what? The sins, they're no longer. They've been wiped clean. You've been given a robe of righteousness. And so that's what he says. That's salvation. That's, the, that's, the, that's what salvation is, is a saving. A saving of, you need a saving from God, mm-hmm. from the wrath of God, because you're a sinner. And you're marred by sin. You're under the reign of sin. He says, I'll, I'll release those chains. We sing that song, my chains are gone. As a, saved, as a saved person, your chains are gone because you're not under the chains. You're not under the power of the, the flesh anymore. You're not under the power of, of, of sin. You're under the power of Christ. Good summary there, Blake. Blake does so we a great need, job. Yeah, we need to have Paul's uh, attitude about it. Yeah. I mean, we, we need to have his attitude. That's right, Phil. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I mean, that just really sticks out. He did not. He's not admitting he's, even though he says I'm the chief of sinners, look, he don't want to sin, and we shouldn't either. That's what I get out of that. Yeah. takes a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, we see a lot of, Mike, you see it daily. I mean, we see a lot of Christians, so-called Christians, churchgoers, that, I mean, they're living in sin actively disobedient to God. And I would say it doesn't look like they hate their sin very much. I don't, I don't see that as a sign of a, as, as what Paul's saying. Paul hates his sin. I think it's a lot because today we are not told that we're sinners. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not told that we're sinners. And, yeah. and, and the way that Paul lays it out is, listen, we are wretched. Mm-hmm. We're a wretched man. When you read through Scripture, you see who we truly are. The more that, like you said earlier, the more that light comes into your life the more that sin gets uncovered Mm -hmm. and so we need to start learning to read scripture and 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 look at it and see who we are in the narrative we're not the hero christ is the hero i mean we are we're the sinner yeah absolutely I, i know some famous guy out there says this and i don't necessarily agree with it but i can take away something from it and y'all can guess who it is but uh his big mega church they always open up and they say listen this is my bible 
I am what it says I am, and I can do what it says I can do. I'm going to tell you right now, if you really if you really take that statement right there and say, I am what it says I am, well, then you recognize that you are a yeah. sinner in need yeah. of a Savior. Yeah. It is not about the fact that you are, you know, overflowing with rich blessings and that, you know, everything's going to be all right. Look in the mirror. You're fine. You're it's favored. Not, you're favored. It's not the power of positive thinking. No, it is. It is recognizing your sin yeah. and recognizing the Savior. Yeah. yeah, I mean, reading through Romans 7, you understand, we don't, look here, we don't coast into glory. There's speed bumps all along the way. There's hindrances. It's going to be a rough life. And, and the thing about it is, is as a lying believer, you don't, you don't battle. You, you may battle with the world, you may have these, but you don't have to battle. Yeah. As a believer, gird up, get ready. It's coming. I can tell you, because I battle it daily. We battle it in our lives each and every day, and and so we 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 can't adopt this defeatist attitude. That's not what we do. We we because because greater is He who lives mm-hmm. in us, and so because all, of all the sufficient grace in, of God, we will grow in personal holiness. We we will experience ever increasing victories over sin in our lives. Stay the course, run the race, finish well, stay in the Word, and pray to Him daily. Mm-hmm. Be in a fellowship with believers; they can hold you accountable. Yeah. Good word today. I don't Ooh. have anything else to say. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 a solemn word, man. I mean, this is. I mean, we're talking about sin, and we're talking about sin. You know, we're talking about there is victory there, though. Yeah. Thankful for Paul and his his honesty in the yeah. scripture. Yeah, I th- we we need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. All right, look, Carol, we hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure and tell a friend about it. Uh, you can hear more or listen to the episodes at livesongradio.com. Hopefully, Jimmy will be back with us next week. He'll probably be burnt as a crisp, I reckon. Probably. <laughs> He's probably out on the beach right now, all lathered up, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I had a great time today. We hope you come back next week. Let me close in prayer. Father, we just thank you. Uh, thank you for your word. I thank you for... Uh, uh, I thank you for Paul and uh, speaking through Paul to us, Lord, your 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 word that's God-breathed, Lord. And I just thank you for your spirit that you placed in us that uh, we no longer are under the power of sin. We've been set free from that. We've been wiped clean. But we realize there's a struggle, a struggle with our flesh that uh, it's a daily battle. But with trusting your word, walking daily in the spirit, we can have victory over uh, the flesh. Again, we thank you. We're asking that you uh, you give us strength to do that. And we know that your word promises that. Again, we thank you. I pray for these guys here. I pray that you bless them this week. Uh, pray for our listeners that, uh, that this word uh, works in their heart and they'll be able to share it with somebody else. Again, I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll see you next week on Life Song Radio.